It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Coop and Roger Colby. Hey, welcome back to Three Cylinder Star Drive. This is Roger Colby. And I'm Richard Coots. All right, so we have a couple of movies to talk about. Both of them, uh, one of them somewhat directed by Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves was a director on the movie, and, the, and that's our movie of the week. But first we want to review Batman, and the Batman, and we want to give a spoiler-free review of this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm, I was... You know, whenever um, Pattinson was, uh, they they said he was going to be Batman, I really was like, I don't know if that's really it. Um, Man, was I wrong. Yeah, I saw that (laughs) and I was like, what? But then, like, Christopher Nolan cast him in Tenet and I was Mm -hmm. like, well, if Christopher Nolan sees something, there must be something there. So I kind of went back and I watched some of his other stuff. Which is, the stuff I watched is really good. Um, so, yeah, I think there's just been this kind of stigma, stigma around him because m- most people only know him from Twilight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and after Twilight, he's mostly just done like these uh, smaller independent films. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, look, okay, a couple of movies to check out with Pattinson in it. One is the is the lighthouse. Okay, that's a, that's a pretty good one. But the one that I'm thinking about that really gave me the like I was like, oh well, maybe he could be is a movie called Good Time. It's a little independent yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I couldn't watch all of Good Time because there's just like this point where he he gets on top of this 14 year old girl and starts making out with her. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I this is gross. The actress is really like 14. So I was just like, I don't like this at all. Um, but, but he's like what a huge I've seen scumbag. Of it, I haven't watched the whole movie, I'm just saying. Yeah. But what I've seen of it, I'm like, okay, yeah, he's pretty versatile. Yeah, he's an absolute scumbag in this movie, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then I saw him in this, oh, what was it called? It was like a Western. Um, and he, was, he had like top billing, but he was barely in it. But he was really funny in it. Um, he's just like this crazy guy that's in love with this woman and thinks that, you know, she's going to be his wife, but, you know, he's like, but he's out of his mind. Um, there's that, but I mean, and then when they had that, revealed that first screen test, it was just like, well, he looks good in the suit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was, um, I was pretty, I was pretty shocked. Let's get to the film, though, because, um, and, and really, we're not going to spoil this movie at all because you need to go see it. And if you haven't heard already, probably your friends who've seen it have also been like, yeah, that was, you need to go see this movie. Um, it is, however, very, very long, but you don't feel like it is. Yeah, I've heard people complain about it being too long and that it drags in parts. I never felt... Never felt, felt that way. That, I mean, no. I, was, I was engaged... Every, all the way through. Everything that's in the movie is necessary to be in there. I don't think there's anything that they could cut from it. As a matter of fact, I think Matt Reeves made, what, a four-hour cut of this movie? From, I mean, the rumor is he had, like, a four-hour cut that he originally showed to test audiences, but he cut it down to, this is about two hours and 
47 minutes without yeah. credits. Yeah, so don't, you know, don't go drink a big old huge soda before you go see it. Because it's it's definitely, you need to stay for the whole thing. The, you can't really miss any of it. Because you'll miss big, big chunks of story. The thing about it, um, and the reason, I don't know, some people aren't really into it, is because this is like a a neo-noir uh, pulp detective film. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and it's, he does a lot of detective work in this movie, which is great. This, mm-hmm. which, I mean, this is probably one of the most accurate, uh, versions of Batman we've seen on screen. Yeah. yeah. From comic to page anyways. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is not, uh, if you're going in expecting an origin story, this is not an origin story, which no, I God. really liked because like thank everybody God. at this point knows, you know, his origin story. Yeah. He's been on the street for about two years now uh-huh. and so he is established people know who he is uh but um and what i i really liked in this too is you know he's always kind of worked with gordon and like the movies and stuff like that but you, they're not together much in this they are like together through most of the movie they're yeah. they're like partners gordon actually leads him into a group of uh, police officers and they just kind of he kind of parts the sea for them you know, it's it, it it's it's pretty cool to watch how um, Batman interacts with uh, Gordon. But also, um, there's a couple things that I really liked about this being a longtime Batman fan. Um, I feel like this is the very first movie adaptation where we get a sense of the fear that Batman ex- exudes on criminals. Um, you really get kind of a sense of it, especially at the beginning of the film. Um, when, you know, you, you, you kind of see these criminals and stuff and then, you know, they're all looking at the corners, like looking at dark alleys and stuff going, where's he going to come out? You know, and then when he's like, one of the things that was really great about this movie was the sound design. Um, his, Batman's footsteps thud, <laughs> you know, when he's walking somewhere, it's like yeah, he's got weight. Yeah, know? there's a long shot near the beginning where he, you, you see him fighting those thugs in the trailer, so it's not really spoiling anything. But you, it's just like a long shot in a from they're just focusing on this corner, and it's just a black corner in in the subway station, and you just hear, buh, 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 <laughs> yeah, for about five seconds, until <laughs> he finally just steps out. Yeah, he slowly emerges from the darkness like some kind of a monster. I yeah. mean, it, it's really it's really good the way that Matt Reeves uh, created this kind of mystique. Around yeah, another him. thing that adds to that, that to that um, whole uh, you know noir, neo noir detective feeling is is he does like these voiceovers like those old detectives do yeah. about you know he's like. This is my city. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta choose. I can't be everywhere at once. I gotta choose my targets <laughs> wisely. He's like, they think I'm in hiding in the shadows, but I am the shadows. Yeah, right. It's it's uh it's pretty great how it's kind of that old school kind of noir, but not to a point where it's corny. No, you know, no, because no. it could be it's corny, really good. but it's really really smart. Um, I really love the way this thing is shot. Uh, the fight scenes are incredible. Um. He spends probably a good eighty-five to ninety percent of the time in the movie. He spends in the suit. Yeah, this there is more Batman than Bruce Wayne in this. So even when you even when he's Bruce Wayne, you feel like he's Batman. 
You know, it's like um, there's no like it doesn't seem like there's a there's a divide there where it's like okay, well now he's Bruce Wayne now he's because he's not the playboy that you see in these movies. Not yet. I think not they're yet. gonna get there because they'll get there probably because um, this is even though he's been on the street for two years, he's still kind of you know young and learning his way. You know, he I mean you can see he's still not like he hasn't like honed his detective skills mm-hmm. completely. He's kind of, uh, you know, learning along the way in this. Um, but, uh, well, what was I going to say? Yeah, and regarding the whole, like, fear factor, like, oh, he's fear and he's terrifying. I, I like that he kind of has, like, uh, I'm not going to really spoil the, de- give you the details of it, but he kind of, regarding that, the way he does think, he has a bit of, a bit of an epiphany near the end, mm-hmm. which I thought was really great. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. She's really good in this. Mm-hmm. I really liked her as Catwoman. Um, she's kind of the, she's kind of they never really call her Catwoman. She's kind of like the proto Catwoman. Yeah. I mean, Matt Reeves has talked about this. Um, you know, this is the origin story for Catwoman and the Riddler and uh, the Penguin. Oh, 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 the Penguin. Oh, well, we get to him first. We're talking about Catwoman right now. Yeah, yeah, but. But yeah, she's really good in this, and she's not really. Did you hear? Did you hear the thing that she joked about about um, uh, <laughs> about preparing for the role of Catwoman? Says so she drank a lot of milk, and she said, "I'm Method Man." <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, she's not really the. Um, again, yeah, this is kind of her beginnings because she's not really a. Uh, uh, she hasn't really become a cat burglar in this. Mm-hmm. You see her doing some of that, but it's to get like a passport to help her friend. Um, yeah. To try and get her friend out of the city. Um, but yeah, she's really good. I, I gotta be honest. I I I, th- I thought Anne Hathaway was as Catwoman was one of the weakest parts of of uh, the Dark Knight Rises. I just didn't like. Ooh, shots like, fired. Oh, I I don't think I think most people. Have, will agree with me on Anne Hathaway. I think a okay, lot of, there's a lot of, well, there are a lot of people that didn't think she was that good of a Catwoman in that. But, but, I think Zoe Kravitz is the best one since Michelle Pfeiffer, in my opinion. Better than Halle Berry? No, not, not <laughs> Halle Berry. I, I completely forgot about Halle Berry. She's the best one that, this, she's, she's, oh my gosh, she was a great sport about that. Like, she actually showed up to the Razzie Awards to accept her award <laughs> for that movie. Okay. Um, yeah, so the villains. So you've got, you've got Catwoman, which is not really a villain. She actually helps him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you've got Riddler, which, man, Riddler was horrifying. I mean, he was a scary dude. I mean, really scary. Um, creepy. Um, and I really loved the way they, uh, the way they uh, portrayed him, the way he was portrayed. He's... Um, he is a definite match for, and not only that, I mean, you know, I was telling Richard on the way into the theater, if he says Joygasm, I'm going to run, um, because Jim Carrey's Riddler was pretty horrible. So apparently putting the saran wrap around all of his head was like Paul Dano, who plays the Riddler, Paul mm-hmm. Dano's idea, because he's like, well, you don't want him leaving any trace, so I need to wrap. So I'm gonna wrap some saran wrap all around my head. Around his head, yeah. So, um, what I really liked about the Riddler here was um, a couple of things. One, he's super brilliant. I mean, and and that's what Riddler is in the comic books. He is very, very crafty, 
and extremely intelligent and um, creates these horrific puzzles for Batman to solve that, that have to do with crime. Um, the second thing that I noticed that was kind of interesting is the voice of Riddler floats in and out of some Frank Gorshin a little bit, which I'm not saying it's a Frank Gorshin insanity, which, you know, the goofy Frank Gorshin Riddler, but there was some definite nods in the voice to Frank Gorshin's uh, Riddler, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and then, of course, Penguin. Penguin, play, Penguin, played by Colin Farrell. And you can't tell it's Colin Farrell. Yeah, if you, didn't know, if you didn't know it wasn't him, you wouldn't be able to tell. And he no. is so good. And, and the fact is, he's not in that much in, that much in the movie, but when he is, he, he uh, you know, he is not wasted. Oh my gosh. And they are... The they word are, for it is called gravitas. Right. And he just really sells that role, and you, you want more of him. I mean, you're like... And you're going to get more, because Matt Reeves is developing a, I mean, not just developing, it's happening, a Penguin series for HBO Max with Colin mm-hmm. Farrell. He's going to be in the makeup chair a lot. But, He's uh, had to have been in the makeup chair for hours and hours to get into that. Oh, yeah, I know. Now he's going to have multiple episodes of a TV series. He's going to have to do that. But it's going to be like the about the rise of him uh-huh. in Gotham to like the kingpin of Gotham. You're going to find out uh, how you got that scar. Probably. I, probably. I don't know. Probably. But, um... But man, he was he was really good. I really loved uh, Penguin in it, and it's not like the went 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 Penguin either. It's like he's called Penguin for he's kind whatever of, reason. He's he, called Penguin. He's I'm got like, a wise guy thing going on. Yeah, is yeah, what he yeah. does. Kind kind of like Scarface. Oh, you know, be hilarious if in the next movie the villain was like Scarface, the the dude, the ventriloquist with the puppet Scarface. He's <laughs> like, grab all the. Grab all the the money, you mugs. He's like, oh, oh, Mr. Scarface, please. You, 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 you're getting too angry. Shut up. Shut up, dummy. That. I used to love the portrayal of that on the cartoon. I know. <laughs> it's so good. Um, okay, so um, this movie, man, I'm going to give, okay, I'm just going to, we'll just jump straight to the stars here because well, I, I, I've you have got, one more thing to say? Yeah, one, there's one more really good character in this. Okay. And it's Michael Giacchino, Michael Giacchino's score. Oh my goodness! The yeah. score is so good, and and a lot of movies you'll have kind of the score in the background. There'll be so much going on on the screen mm-hmm. that'll kind of that the score will kind of fade in the background. The score is like a character in this movie. Yeah, it is yeah. just completely present, and, I, and it just the score makes every scene so much more. Uh, uh, I would say intense. it's as important a score as John Williams' score for the original Star Wars film. Definitely, yeah. I it, mean, because it really enhances the entire film, makes it that much better. Um, it, I even saw a meme for it. It was like, uh, somebody was like, uh, Matt Reeves says, hey, I'm going to do a scene with uh, the Batmobile chasing a car. And it needs to be kind of you know low-key music. Or whatever, and then it's just a picture. It says Michael Giacchino, and it's just like a picture of a of a of a guy playing a piano that's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, it was like, oh my word! It was so good. The, the score is just amazing. And then amazing. we've got, and then we've got the Batmobile. The introduction of Batmobile was look okay. So there've been some talk about this Batmobile. Like, okay, that just looks like a souped-up car. 
it, dude, watch this movie in IMAX. I'm going to say go see this thing in IMAX because when that car revs up, it shakes the floor in there. I mean, it is just scary. That car is like everything, you know, if you're, if you're a kid, you know, like a young boy kid like me who had like matchbox cars when you're a kid and you're like revving the engines, this is like everything you could imagine in a car. It's like the greatest, most souped up car you can think of. And it's just like barreling down the road at a million miles an hour, <laughs> roaring along. I do, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the tone, how dark and gritty it is. It is very, it is very dark and very gritty. Dark and, and gritty. Uh, you know, it is brutal. Mm-hmm. Like, it is brutal. And yeah. I don't know if, I mean, it, I'm not going to tell parents how to parent, but I wouldn't take kids below 10, 10 years old to it, see it. Look, this thing, this thing, um, it's apparently, not bloody. Yeah, but it could it pushes it pushes in some places it pushes a little bit toward the R rating. Um, it it is it, it is really I mean it's not that violent but it's pretty it's pretty violent in places and um, pretty rough. I mean it and and just like gritty dark movie. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like people are saying it's humorless and stuff. Yeah, it's, not. it's got levity. It's, it's got, got levity. Humor. There's some funny stuff that happens in the in the story. It's the, really kind of there's funny. a really dark joke with with a thumb. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that one's hilarious. <laughs> that would kill me. All right, so uh, okay, so stars. Are we ready to give stars? Yeah, I would just say if you're comparing this to the Nolan films, how how do you go from that tone to even more ground and gritty? This movie is like. Christopher Nolan is like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the most gritty, grounded Batman there is, and then Matt Reeves is like, okay, okay, take, take a seat, Nolan. I got some notes. I don't know about that. <laughs> I have a different opinion of it. I think, okay, you, you don't I, think it, this I don't is think darker you, than it's than darker. Nolan. It is That's darker. That's what I'm talking about. It is darker. darker, but I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna say that um, Nolan's films are kind of in a class all their own. So Dark Knight, I think, is kind of its own thing. It's like a masterpiece on its own. This as well is a masterpiece film. I mean, it really is. Um, both of these movies are on, on par with each other as far as I'm concerned. Nolan has his own style. Matt Reeves has his own style. Um, to say one is better than the other, I don't really, I can't really say that myself because um, I still really enjoy um, The Dark Knight. I think it's, it's, a, it's a really incredible film and... Uh, you know, the way the puzzle comes together in that, it's the puzzle comes together in the Batman as well. It's like watching, you know, um, two great filmmakers make a film and to, to say one is better than the other, I don't know. I can't really do that um, because they're both great. I, they're both great. I can't go, okay, one's better than another one. I can't do it. Well, uh, you know, I, I rewatched The Dark Knight just before this and I think The Dark Knight is a masterpiece. But I think this, in my opinion, I do think this is better than Dark Knight. And I'm not saying by like a mile. I think it kind of just edges so it out. So it's better than a masterpiece. They're both masterpieces, but okay. I think it's it, you can one masterpiece can be better than another masterpiece. But uh, I think it just edges it out. I think it's a better portrayal of Batman. I think it's a more accurate portrayal of Batman. I think what what really made the Dark Knight a masterpiece was Heath Ledger's. Mm-hmm. Performance. Heath yeah. Ledger's performance was amazing. Yeah. And I think Heath Ledger's performance really made that movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, I agree. So yeah, I, 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 I can't, I can't, I know they're completely different styles of movies, 
But I do think the Batman, in my opinion, just edges it out. I know it is subjective for every Films are subjective, so everybody's going to have a different opinion. That's just how I feel mm-hmm. comparing the two. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can't, again, I can't um, put one above another. This is, this, um, it's like a class of film, you know, like there's a, there's a, there's classes of film, you know, there's like, I mean, we, we review all kinds of crap on this, on oh, this yeah. show. Um, but you know, watching somebody create something just so masterfully, um, it, you know, it's, it's really something to sit and watch a film like that. If a film like the dark Knight or a film like, you know, the Batman, they're both incredible portrayals of these, of these characters. And, and as a kid, I'm like, I guess maybe it's because I grew up with, um, you know, the, the 1977 Spider-Man movie, you know I mean? Television show, which mm-hmm. you go back and watch that and you're like, which we reviewed. <laughs> what is this? I mean, you know, I mean, to live in a time where I can get a Batman movie like that, um, it blows my mind. Yeah, I'm actually shocked they let him make this kind of Batman movie because Warner Brothers is like, oh no, okay, we need Big Boom Pal cause, to draw the kids in to keep people's attention. We need to attention. sell toys. Yeah, and, and there is that in it. There's... There is action and stuff in it, but yeah. this is still kind of a slow, methodical film. And I'm curious how most kids would, uh, in how much most kids would watch this, how much it would uh, keep their attention. And so I, I actually took my sister last night to see it, mm-hmm. um, and she's she's pretty young. At she she's she's got a, a very young sensibility, and she loved this movie. So I think yeah. she's kind of a good lit, litmus test when it sure. comes to that. Sure. But, yeah. I- anyways, um, I'm going to give it five out of five. I do think this is a masterpiece. Yeah. I'm going to give it the same and say the same thing. I've it seen, is a masterpiece. I've seen it twice. I'm going to go see it and, again next week. And you know what's really crazy, and this is kind of going to segue into our next piece that we're going to talk about, but um, Matt Reeves hasn't really directed that much stuff, per se. He's produced a lot of things. He's written stuff. He's he's been an executive producer on some stuff, but he hasn't really like directed a lot of things. And for a guy right out of the shoot to direct a movie like this, wow! I mean, I'm blown away. I'm just like, golly, how do you do that? How do you have the directing chops to just go and 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 create a movie like this? I mean, Nolan spent like his whole life doing little films, short films, and directing little things, you know, just to use a comparison between two great filmmakers. Um, and here's Matt Reeves comes along and just throws down this thing, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> what else do you have up your sleeve? You know, and, and it's almost like, um, you know, has he been, you know, holding back all these years and like, oh, this is the movie I want to make, and so I'm going to make this film, you know? I, I don't know, but it, Wow. I'm going to give it a five out of five as well, just because I can't give it any less. I mean, it is, if I could give it another star, I'd say six out of five. It, it definitely, it blew my mind. I mean, I'm just like, I'm going back to see it again tonight with my son and, uh, I'll probably see it a couple more times just because apparently there's a lot of stuff in the background going on that you don't really notice the first time. It does bear rewatching, um, again and again. 
yeah, and you know, he's going to be steeped in the Batman for a while. I mean, I, I know they're, he's already developing another films in the series, mm-hmm. but like we said, he's going to be doing that Penguin series. Then he's working on a Gotham PD series revolving yeah. around, you know, Gordon, mm-hmm. which is going to take place in year one of Batman. Yeah. And now they're saying there's going to have a film coming out revolving, or, or a series coming out that he's working on revolving around Arkham Asylum. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and producing a, an animated Batman show, The Cape Crusader, with J.J. Abrams and Bruce Timm. So the dude, is, the dude is going to be steeped in Batman and, for a and, while. And you're getting Bruce Timm, dude. Bruce Timm's done Batman forever. You know, I mean, he's a Batman. He's a Batman comic book guy. So. Yeah, well, co-creator of Batman the animated series. Uh, yeah, and, and so, the Justice League. Yeah, and all so that. so I mean, we're we're uh, we're headed into a really heavy Batman era with lots of new Batman stuff. So I'm really excited about it. I'm a, I've always been a huge Batman fan. He's like my favorite superhero, probably. Um, no, yeah, he is my favorite superhero. Um, out of all the superheroes. My, my favorite, favorite superhero is actually Blank Man. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Blank Man. <laughs> Blank Man. Um, okay, so Richard and I watched a movie um, that was made in 1994. Okay. And it's kind of a low budget movie. It's a pretty low budget oh, movie. Oh, it's pretty low budget. The sound, yeah, really the, budget. The sound quality is pretty oh, terrible. There's the some video static. quality is pretty bad, too. There's a lot of static throughout it. It's a movie called Future Shock. Okay, The reason we watched this was because uh, Matt Reeves, it's an anthology movie, and Matt Reeves directs and writes one of the se- one of the segments. It is the middle segment, if you're... Is it if the middle or it the is last the, one? Nope, it's the middle segment. The middle one where the guy, the roommate one? Yeah. Okay, that so is the roommate the one was his. Okay, so... Um, I'm not. The movie is really. It it's actually meant to be funny. It's kind of like a dark comedy movie, I guess. Yeah, it was. I mean, they're they're they're. (laughs) It's billed on Amazon as a horror anthology. It is not a horror anthology. It's not at all. It's basically what it is. Is Martin Cove plays this Martin uh, Cove, aka. John Kreese. John Kreese for Cobra Kai plays uh, this uh, psychiatrist. Who has his uh, patients come in, and he's uh, trying to help them with their different phobias and all that stuff. And he has VR uh, therapy, but the VR machine doesn't really look like anything VR. It's like some kind of little statue thing with a ball on it. You ever see is, those things that have like, it's the ball and it's got a light in the middle and it's got static electricity inside? Yeah, it's kind of like it, that. When you touch it, it like you know goes out to your fingers. That's basically what it looks like. So first one is this woman's fear of dogs and going out of the house it's not good no it's terrible so it's but the just second terrible. one is matt reeves <laughs> that he wrote and directed the middle segment and it is so funny yeah it's yeah. got bill paxton in it <laughs> bill paxton plays this guy with a ponytail and shades that waits around like a vulture for unsuspecting nerds to like go and like fill out a form to get a roommate for a for an apartment yeah, and this guy works in a morgue, and his problem is that he's a pushover. And so this guy, you know, he's a criminal, robs a bank and all that stuff. Um, but it, there's stuff in it. It's like uh, the detectives come in, and it's like, and here, and this was the magician's assistant, and they kind of pull, they kind of split the gurney in two, like like the magician yeah. like sawed the assistant yeah. in half, and 
There's my favorite bit in the whole thing is where he gets fired. His boss through the whole thing won't doesn't talk. He just gives him he like just really gives him dirty looks. Really dirty looks and points <laughs> around a lot. And you're like, what's up with that? And you don't even really think about it. And at the very end, when he gets fired by the guy, the guy goes out to his car, puts up one of those little vibrator boxes by his neck, and goes, "You're fired." <laughs> you realize he doesn't have a trachea. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was so one, funny. One of the funniest bits is um is uh there there's a woman that he brings in and she's yeah. got a tattoo in a certain place and I won't say what it is because it's one of the funniest bits and it's kind of it inappropriate. Is. But he sees her and winds up seeing her in the morgue and he says <laughs> the name of her ta- tattoo really loud and it's so funny. Yeah. This, this this whole segment was just... And you could notice a difference. Like, you could really notice a difference in the directing style from one to the next, and his was really good. I mean, it was like, even back then, he was doing stuff, you know, kind of differently than anybody else. It wasn't like a bland directing style like the other two segments were. Yeah, I actually found this. I've actually came across this because I was looking through his IMDb profile to see mm-hmm. what all... Matt Reeves had done before the Batman, he, you know, and he, he directed Cloverfield, and yeah. he did the last two Planet of the Apes movies, and, mm-hmm. and but before that, he mostly did, he was mostly a producer, yeah. and he directed a lot of television episodes, I uh-huh. think he was the creator of that show Felicity, yeah. but I believe Future Shock was the very first, his, his very first credit, yeah. as far as filmmaking and, and he's really the the brightest point of that whole mm-hmm. that whole movie the third one's pretty funny too it's not as good as the second one but the third one is kind of funny it's just yeah. this guy that um because we are talking about the whole movie here yeah so the guy uh he's got like a fear of like dying something is constantly gonna happen like the thing that kicks it off is he's having lunch with a friend his friend who loves olives really loves olives chokes to death on an olive <laughs> then in, in afterlife he's like eating olives yeah <laughs> he's just sitting there yeah, eating he, a, a martini like, glass what? full of olives I know he's like why did you why are you eating those that killed you he's like I really love olives <laughs> it's so crazy yeah this this movie's really it's worth watching it's entertaining I mean I I watched it like just in an afternoon it was pretty funny but uh Anyway, so, okay, so uh, check out uh, Future Shock if you want to see some really early Matt Reeves, and of course, you know, if you can go watch your old episodes of Felicity, or you can, you know, you can check out um, Planet of the Apes, which I think is, man, the best thing ever. I really love those Planet of the Apes movies. Oh, yeah, I think it was Rupert Everett, Mm -hmm. or, no, that's not his name. Rupert something that directed Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, but the but other he two. did the other two. He did um, uh, War for the Planet of the Apes and uh, what was the second one's name? I, I oh, forgot. I don't remember. I don't remember. But his two were the best ones. Well, there's there's Rise. Rise, Rise was the first one. There's uh, oh yeah, Dawn of the Planet Dawn, of the Apes. Dawn, Dawn and War. Dawn and War. Those yeah. were his. Yeah, but they're great. I really love those uh, those movies. All right, so go check out the Batman. It is amazing, amazing, and watch it several times because it's uh, it's worth it. It's worth watching a few times. So, I guess uh, until then, till next time, I'm Roger Colby and I'm Richard Coots.